0: Alright, starting next week, we're going to teach you on understanding salvation. We're going to, these are basically uh, discipleship lessons on just getting some, some knowledge, basic knowledge that everyone should learn and need. So you'll get a booklet, you'll be able to study this on your own, you'll fill out some things, you'll actually go to the Bible and learn some things on your own. There's nothing better than that. Getting it straight from the Lord. We've got understanding salvation. Basically, what it means to be saved and how. And then eternal security. Uh, once you're in Christ, what happens there when you are in Christ? And then we teach on the baptism, what the importance of baptism is. Why Jesus said it fulfills all righteousness. And then the Word of God, the importance of the Bible. You cannot grow in a Christian life without the Bible, just like a newborn babe must desire the sincere milk of the Word to grow. Same thing for the Christian. So please remember that. Come next week. Come, uh, we'll learn some things together. We'll do it for the month of February, but we're still in January, so we're going to have regular Sunday school. Please turn to Luke, the book of Luke. Hope everyone's having a good, very good day. So periodically, I will find myself just looking at grace once again and law and grace together. I think there's no more important subject for the Christian to understand. The connection, the correlation of law and grace and how grace overcomes law, how grace fulfills the law. So we'll learn these things together. We're in Luke chapter 3. These are the genealogies uh, leading from Christ back to Adam. Now some of them go forward. This one goes backward. And so look in verse 21. So when all the people were baptized, notice that all the people were baptized. It came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying. The heaven was opened and the Holy Ghost descended in a bodily shape like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved son. In thee I am well pleased. I am well pleased in my beloved son. So what Jesus is the son of God. So when you go through the genealogy here, notice this one's through Mary's lineage this is, and so it's really interesting, but go to the back here in verse 38. We know Christ had no true father lineage because his, his, he, he was the son of David, but he's the son of God. He's born from above. He is God in the flesh. So look at verse 38. So we go through all these genealogies and it says, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. So you find Jesus being spoken of, which we know as the son of God. And it also says that Adam was the son of God. So you have an interesting scenario. Adam's the son of God. Jesus is the son of God. You have all these generations sandwiched in between them that are not sons of God. And so we know that the Bible says that Adam, when he was born, he was not only the first man, he was the first Adam. And then in 1 Corinthians 15, 43, it calls Jesus the last Adam. Uh, I think that's interesting. There will never be a need for another Adam. Jesus is the last Adam, not the second. Some people call him the second. The Bible calls him the last Adam. And so, and this is significant because both men began something and both men ended something. So we know Adam Began the human race. All came through Adam. We also know that because of Adam, death began. It's found all throughout the book of uh, Romans chapter 5. And then he ended life for everyone. He, death began, life ended. That's what happened with Adam. So, But the second Adam, Jesus, when he came, he ended death. He began life. And he began a new race called the sons of God. I find that's kind of interesting. Jesus did the opposite of what the first Adam did. And I just wanted to to bring that up as a precursor to the lesson. Because the last Adam, Jesus Christ, came to save and to remedy what the first Adam lost through sin. And so here's a little side uh, truth here. A little side note that I wanted to say is that everything seeds and reproduces after its kind everything. Adam produces men. You know, the son of Adam, which was, which was Seth here, he's the third born of Adam, had Cain, then Abel, then Seth. But so Ed, uh, Seth was the son of Adam. He was made in the similitude of Adam, not in the likeness of God. Adam was made in the likeness of God. Adam fell from the likeness of God through transgression. His son, who he gave birth to, or begat, biblically the word is begat, his son Seth was what? He was a man. He was the son of Adam. Not the son of God. Adam was made the son of God as a full grown man, probably 33 years old. Uh, Adam's children came after sin. Therefore they were born after his similitude, uh, born in sin. Jesus has a seed, according to Psalm chapter 22, And Jesus' children came after He defeated sin, so they are born of Him. Now they are called the sons of God. John 1:12, As many as received Him. To them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on His name. So He turned around and remedied everything. It's not finished. It's not complete. Uh, what God did is, it's an amazing journey here from Adam to Jesus. And us who are born of... If you go to 1 Corinthians 15, it plainly says, if you're you're born of this earth, you're of this earth. You're terrestrial. You you belong on the earth. Our bodies belong on the earth. Uh, We are of the earth. If you get born from above, Jesus Christ, get born of the Spirit from above, you are fit for heaven. You get a celestial body at the resurrection. So Jesus came to restore all things, and He will. Now... Uh, Now, let's get to the lesson. Turn to John chapter 1. He will restore all things that Adam lost. So we know that with Adam came sin and death. And death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. And so with Adam's sin, he ended life. Everyone must die. And so Jesus came to remedy that. And let's look at this. John chapter 1 verse 16. Well, let's look at verse 15. John bear witness of him. This is of Jesus Christ. At his baptism, but John bear witness of him. This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me. For he was before me. And of his fullness have we all received and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came. By Jesus Christ. Notice, Moses and law came before Jesus and grace, after Adam, in between. Moses' law came to enforce the law of sin. Now, all men, all men died because of sin. We were born in sin. And God brought the law of God, the first five books of the Bible. He brought the law, and the law came hard. You know Why? To make sin exceeding sinful. To reinforce the fact that men are sinners and cannot save themselves. He gave them a law they could not keep. Now, we, they tried. They, they, they uh, benefited from the law. They were blessed because of their attempt to bring the law. But you cannot live the law of God being born in sin. Why? You're born wrong. You just We are born wrong. So, God, the Bible says that the law brought the knowledge of sin. You know, sometimes you don't know what you are until you're told, until you see it, and then you're persuaded of what you are. And sin became exceeding sinful because the law was so hard. Uh, The law is so hard to live. It says that all of us are sold under sin. We're guilty before God. Empty and vain because of Adam. Adam. So God's law is the precursor to grace. Jesus brought grace. It says here that he, he actually is grace. Jesus brought grace with Him. So I'm just going to say a few things this morning uh, about law and grace. The reason the law came was obviously to, to a nation of Israel to give them a higher, a higher standard of life. And, and uh, But, It's to, it's a schoolmaster to get you to Christ. It's to teach you your need to get to Christ at all uh, all possible, at all costs, get to Christ. And so if you have to become a, you have to realize how hard of a sinner you are. If it'll bring you to Christ, admit it and realize it. Grace comes after law. The Bible says the law has us shut up. We're closed in. We cannot break free. We cannot break out. You violated and transgressed the law of God. There is no quick fix. And actually grace is not a quick fix. Grace is no band-aid. You stick over law to uh, cover up the wounds of sin. No. Grace is perfection through Christ that he brought. Complete perfection. Now, we know, and I'm, I'm getting to something here in just a minute, but we know Jesus brought grace. And by doing so, now his life was exemplified by the full keeping of the law. He fulfilled the law. He was from, sent from above. He's the second Adam. Actually the last. I caught myself there. He's the last Adam. He came to do what the first Adam never, could not do. You know, how interesting it is. We don't know. I was talking about this last week. We don't know how long Adam was in a state of innocence before he gave in and sinned and partook of that fruit. We don't know. But Jesus, 33 and a half years he lived on this earth and never failed one time. Never sinned one time. Got tempted as all points as we are yet without sin. He brought brought the fulfillment of the law. The Bible says it's called propitiation. He is... The, the, the wrath of God that comes on disobedient children, people. Jesus appeased the wrath of God with his own life, with his death, and his resurrection. It's satisfaction over the broken law. God accepted Jesus Christ as the propitiation for our sins. So grace is the fulfillment of the law through Christ Grace establishes the law. Grace fulfills the law perfectly through Christ in us. You know, it it even actually says, how could God, who knowing what we are, be just in justifying us? How is that a just thing that God can justify sinners who broke the law such as us? Well, Jesus fulfilled the law and we, we actually fulfilled it in him. When you, when you believe on Jesus Christ, you get put into Christ. We go into Him, and we are a part of His body. We receive of His life, and we go into Him. Therefore, we fulfill the law in the one we are a part of. There's no other possible way. And we are just. And it's called imputation. So let me give you some what I think are some great statements this morning. Number one, law demands... Righteousness for men. It's a demand. It's not a suggestion. It's a demand of God. You must be righteous. Grace brings righteousness to men. See the big difference here? Law demands you have it. Grace gives it to you. Grace mm-hmm. uh, through Jesus Christ brings it. We are imputed with the righteousness of God. It's accounted unto us through His grace. So I'll say that again. Law demands righteousness from men, grace brings righteousness to men. Therefore, you're fulfilling the law because you have His grace. All right, number two, law sentences a man to death like you did, like what happened to Adam. Grace brings a dead man. To life. To where law slays us, grace revives us. Grace brings us to life. I hope that, make, that makes some sense. Number three, law demands what men must do for God. These are demands on what we must do. Is that the air conditioner? Wow. Air conditioning in late January. Law demands what men ought to do, not, 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 ought must do for God. Grace, on the other hand, tells us what Christ did for men. It's amazing. You know, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. Sin exceeds the curse of the law, sin exceeds the penalty. Of the law in every single way, grace abounds like an overflowing river over the law. I mean, it completely engulfs it. You think about how, how uh, guilty we are before God when we when we under, when we fall under the understanding, I am a sinner and I admit it. I confess before all, guilty before God. Grace comes in and completely engulfs it. Through the work of Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith and it not yourself. It's such an amazing grace that saved a wretch like me. It completely engulfs it like a flowing river. Number four, law gives the knowledge of sin. It makes a sinner out of you. You know it's funny. If you, some people are so vain and proud they won't admit they're a sinner. They won't do it. I still was. I, I met people in their fifties. They will honestly say, "I never did anything wrong." I said, "Come on. You, you're doing wrong by saying that right now. You don't you know that by the way. You're calling God a liar. You're you're being wrong by what you're saying right now." No, bro. take the Ten Commandments out and, and just show them what they really are. You dead. It broke them all. Now some of them in a spiritual sense or a figurative sense. Some of them literally. You broke the law. Law gives the knowledge of sin. Grace puts sin away. You know, and you can't get the sin put away until you understand that you are a sinner. That you, until you get the knowledge. So what is the amazing thing here? Well, Law is a help to us. We look at it as all judgment. No, it's a a help to us. Our sin was imputed on Christ and dealt with in Him. Therefore, His righteousness can be imputed unto us. You only get it by faith, and He will impute His righteousness unto you. This is the beauties of grace. I'll give you one more point. Grace brought God to man when man was put away. We're completely put away. You know, when when Adam was, uh, when he sinned, he put himself away, did he not? He ran off and hid into into the garden. He said, I can't be even in the presence. He heard the voice of God coming. He ran to hide. He knew. It's like like Peter said when when he saw who Jesus really was and it hit him. Depart from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. I have no, I can't be in your presence. Well, grace brings God to you. God made the amends, not us, we never could. God did this a miracle work through grace. Now look here at verse 16. Verse 16. And of his fullness have we all received in grace for grace. Here's the amazing thing. Grace for grace. Grace. Yes, sir. Grace. For what? God gives us grace for what? For grace. You see that? So, what is this grace that, that that Jesus brought the grace for? Well, it says law was given by Moses, grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, and grace for grace. Law was a was grace. Okay. You know why? Law presented the problem. Law revealed a problem. I'm a sinner. If the law never, if you never came to that point where you realize your lost condition in Christ, you can't have grace. So law is doing us a huge favor. The Bible actually says it's the schoolmaster that brings us to Christ. Law is our teacher to tell you, you need to get to Jesus Christ at all costs. Law is grace. That's the first grace. It presents the problem. It reveals the problem. Then grace is the solution to the problem because grace is Jesus Christ. You know, it'd be like a, a doctor diagnoses a problem. You know, a lot of times doctors can't figure it out. You can't get healed if you can't figure out what the problem is. You know, uh, but when that doctor figures it out, what they'll always say is, no, I figure, I diagnosed, you got this problem. I'm sending you to a specialist. I can't fix you. I'll send you to somebody that can, all right? Dr. Law, Dr. Grace. There's your, there's your Doctor Law, Dr. Grace lesson right there. Hey, you have a problem. I'll send you to who, I'll get you over to who can fix you. I can get you over to the Savior you cannot save yourself. Law can't save anybody either. The doctor who just diagnoses the problem, he cannot fix the problem. But it's grace because if he didn't see it, you might look, you might go another ten years not realizing you're a sinner. There are people all over out there. They know they're messed up. They can't figure out the problem. It's sin. I need a savior. How amazing. This is, so what does that mean? Jesus is grace. He brings salvation in life. He brings justification. He brings the cure. So it goes all the way back to Adam and the problems that he gave. Both are grace. The problem's grace. The solution's grace. Grace for grace. Hopefully that makes, sense. the revealing of the problem's grace the curing of the problem is grace. And it says Jesus brings fullness. Brings fullness. Because we all know, you know, is there, it's not even possible for people to be whole and full until they get saved. They're empty. They can't figure out what it is. You know, there's a problem here. I'm empty. I'm, that's why they're always searching for something. There's a, there's a void there. Nobody comes. they don't get to doctor law to find out, hey, I, your help, my whole problem is I've sinned. I need a savior to be, I need a savior to get me out of this. I need a savior to get my sin taken away. I need a heart change. I need to be reborn. That's why Jesus said, except a man be born again, he can't even see the kingdom of God. He can't figure out the problem. He'll never have a real life until he comes to Jesus. It's not even possible. They can try. They can go to all types of religions. They can go to all types of denominations, which they do. And they will try to add Jesus to their works. They will not allow Jesus to be grace and completely be full for them to where they have fullness, grace, grace, for grace what does that mean i'm getting fully cured now fully cured listen that's why listen that's why it says we and if you look at verse uh, 12 power to become the sons of god you see that right there we can become what adam was before the fall but even better so because then See, Adam had everlasting life as long as he ate of that tree, that fruit of the God. Not, uh, the, he ate of the tree of life. He had it. He, he could have eaten it and lived forever. But the, the Christian now, we live forever and not eat of the tree of life. We have eternal life. We are in the one who is life. We have grace. Hope that makes sense. So we'll look, we'll look at a verse here in just a minute to figure it out. So, when you, you know, think about how wonderful... What are we saying? It's a full salvation. It's not a, you know, Jesus does not partially heal you. Jesus doesn't get you on the healing road. Okay. I figured it out. You got this and this and this wrong. Okay. It's going to take a while. I'm going to give you some medicine. You're going to start improving. Hopefully it's going to help you. And once it gets to this point, then we're going to do some things. That's not how salvation works. Salvation is a full, full cure from Jesus Christ. It's praise the Lord for full salvation. I mean, you know, we didn't get a partial salvation, did we? We've got a full salvation. God still lives upon the throne. And I know the blood still reaches deeper than the stains have gone. Man, you know, the stains are gone. The blood completely washed it away. Miracle. Why do we know we're safe? Grace. The one who brought it. And he brought a full reconciliation with our God. He put an end to all the trouble that Adam brought. Isn't that something when we think about it? Isn't that something? So, Jesus said in John 8, 44, You are of your father the devil, and the of your father you'll do. He's telling these people, You're born of the Satan. You're not born of God. Why? They're born of Adam. They're born of Adam. In sin. I was conceived in sin, and in sin my mother did conceive me. I come out of the womb speaking lies. Transgressor from the womb, the Bible says. You know, we come out, even a baby. You know, half the time they're crying, they just want attention. And sometimes it's hard to tell. But if you get good at knowing your child, you'll know when they're lying and when they're telling the truth. Even when they're a year old, you'll figure it out quick. Because they're a liar. They need to, They were born wrong. They didn't have fa- the goddess, their father. They haven't gotten gross yet. Someday, even a child is known by his doings, whether his work be good or whether it be right. That we, it's, 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 in, it's in men. There's this innate need of a Savior. I need Him. But what's, once, you, once you realize you need Him, you get Him. You go to the doctor. You go to Christ. You call on Him. You shall be saved. So he put an end to all that Adam began and he began things anew that will never end. Now it's is amazing, isn't it? He put he changed things for us that will, will these things, once they start with the second or last Adam, they'll never end. These things can't be reversed. You have salvation in Christ. you have eternal life in Christ. You're one of his own. You are born of him. Born from, it says it right here in these verses before it. We're born from above. Amazing. Think about this. You could, you, and not a bit of it's of self. We understand that. Not a bit. I'll say this again. He put an end to all Adam began, put it all to an end. All of it. <clears throat> and then he began things anew that will never end. And there'll never come another Adam to mess it up. Amen to that. He is the last Adam. Amen.